Welcome to the Vital Conversations podcast, where we are broadcasting from the intersection of Christian faith and society, with the aim to inform and motivate people of faith on issues of social justice and concern. I'm your host, Jared Cunningham. Let's get started. Hello and welcome to the Vital Conversations podcast. I am your host, Jared, and I'm joined by a special guest, Miss. Oh, you. I have to say it. Yeah. Kelly Flynn. Hi. I wasn't going to say it for you. I, Jared, am our worship leader. Well, worship leader, worship coordinator. I think that's what the website says. I prefer music guy, but Brian won't let me put that on the name tag still. And it's been three years. I guess I should stop asking. You should probably give that one up. Yeah. It's a losing battle. And Kelly is our worship chair. I am in a chair. And you're our worship chair on the church council. Yep. Which also involves a chair, usually. Unless I'm standing, yes. Yeah. Um, so we are doing a series on worship. And I don't know about you, but worship's always been odd for me. More so before getting into this role, because I didn't exactly know what it all entailed. What about you? Um, I'm not sure. I never, I guess, made the connection that the music that I was singing like as a kid and stuff when I was in like children's choirs and stuff through the church that I grew up in, I never made the connection that that was worship. So I, I don't know I ever thought it was weird or not that I thought it was weird, but it never had, I didn't really think about it. I thought about it sort of because I mean, you'll share in a second, but for me, like growing up, I was in church every Sunday and the music portion was always like funny to me, especially when I was like younger, because it just went on forever. Like it was the type, literally the type of churches I remember it crystal clear. We'd walk in at like ten thirty or eleven, and you're not walking out till like two or three, which is always weird. It's a long time. But, and the music just seemed to always go for go on forever. It was always like shouting. It was always like sweating and yelling, and it it, it I was good. And then I remember one church we even went to, like, it was clearly written in the bulletin, no more than two songs. But I think it always went on to, like, four songs that were, like, ten minutes each. Interesting. So, the good old days. I don't miss those at all. (laughs) And even, like, switching and going to a different church, the music was still weird. Because now it changed from, like, being a ten-minute song to, like, it's a four-minute song, but it sounds like a rock song. Because that's how, like, early, well, not early, but mid-2000s, that's kind of how it was, in a, in a way. And it was still kind of weird as to, like, what is worship? Because it always seemed like it's just this part where we come in and just sing. And even once I was finally able to be a part of, like, worship and playing in bands, it was still weird because it just seemed like music. And for me, honestly, it was just a way to play guitar because I enjoyed that so much. Um, what about you? 
it didn't make sense for me till later. So I was what, 20 something, but. Um, well, I grew up in a church. I was in Methodist church in Ohio. That was, um, very traditional. So you just said something about the mid two thousands, mid to early two thousands worship. Like, I don't know any of that stuff. So like, I have no idea, (laughs) but I mean, our church had a really um, well-developed choir program. And so I started church choir basically since I could talk. They had a preschool choir and then like every grade after that. And then, and like an adult choir. And But we didn't ever have what the, I guess they called contemporary worship. Like it was always like choirs and hymns with the organ is all that. The music was, and I didn't know that that was worship, I guess. Like, I was just like, oh, yeah, I go to church to sing these songs in the choir. And our choir program was so involved that once you were in uh, middle school, the middle school and high school choirs were together, and you would go on tour every year over spring break and, like, go sing at other churches and whatever. But, um, I knew in some aspect, I think, at that time, that it was for God. I knew that superficially, I think. But I also distinctly remember the times where whatever song we were singing or something would be explained to us, like our director. Um, would explain like, hey, like this is what this is about. This is the message. This is where basically like this is the part of the Bible it's coming from and what it's telling you. And I really started to get ministered to through this music because I didn't read the Bible and I didn't care to read the Bible. And it, it wasn't really around people who were encouraging me to read the Bible. So now looking back, I'm like, oh, wow. Like I'll if I was reading something in the Bible and it's like I'll read a passage in there and I'll be like oh my gosh a song comes to mind because it's like oh I sang that when I was in fourth grade like I know I know this verse in this chapter of this book because I sang it over here and so I really God really used music to reach me um, in a way that kept me interested and so. While I didn't have what I would call for myself an authentic relationship with him, um, I because I didn't understand what that meant, he still he still had my attention, and so then when I moved here, I started attending a church that was non-denominational, and I started to read the Bible more and like they had a worship team and I was like, what's a worship team? (laughs) You don't have choirs. That's weird. Where's the organ? There's no organ. I don't know about this. And I started to kind of learn, I guess what it meant. What, like why, why we sang these songs and why we did these things. And I was like, Oh, okay. This isn't starting to make more sense. Like I was able to connect the dots then by just learning more about who God is and I don't know what he wants for us and 
then I was able to understand like, oh, all of that is a type of worship. And I'm worshiping when I'm singing these things or yeah, when I'm singing, because it's another way for me to like kind of show God, oh, I'm understanding what you're saying. I'm believing what you're saying. And um, just expressing that love for him. So it's been a journey. Yeah. I feel like I'm similar in a way because you mentioned it kind of being, you, you mentioned kind of having that superficial understanding of what worshiping was. Yeah. If I'm saying that right. And I think for me it was the same because, like I said, there was, it was kind of like, well, earlier on it was like a full gospel choir, but with a band. So okay. like your contemporary traditional weird mix. And then when we started t- uh, attending New Vision Community Church, it was like a worship team. But even that was like weird because it's like, okay, it's a band mm-hmm. and these four singers and they're singing. And I think for me, in the sense of like church as a whole, it was just part of how the whole thing worked, if that makes sense. Right. Like music was just part of, we show up, there's music, there's prayers, yeah. there's a sermon, there's more prayers, there's more music, we go home. And it's all part of the... Like, this is what we do. This yeah. is what we do. And even with like going to Christian schools, there wasn't a whole lot of like conversation, especially in like elementary and middle school about what worship is and what the point of the whole thing is. And even in high school, it... For high school, it almost feel like it almost felt like it reinforced the like this is just what we do, kind of frame for it, mm-hmm. which kind of makes sense because they were Baptist. But this is what we do, and that's just how it works. Um, and even with like joining the worship team in high school, joining the chapel praise band, whatever, it was still kind of we didn't really even talk about like why we do this. We just do it because we do it. Yeah, and in my like position i did it because it allowed me to play guitar finally mm-hmm. um but at the same time like worship has in a sense always been part of my life because i've always enjoyed music i started playing the piano when i was in third grade whatever yeah, age that too. is and even then it was kind of like a box because i with learning piano and like learning the way i did i didn't know it was almost in a way where you didn't know you could like play music with other people. Mm-hmm. It was like you're a so you sit at the piano by yourself and you just right because you're a solo yeah performer at that point until you start playing guitar and it's like wait I I don't need to like read sheet music and I don't need to do all these things to just <laughs> be in the moment. And I think even when I was at First Winter Garden for a while, it was still kind of the it's just part of what it's just part of it kind of mindset. And I don't think like. I don't think worship truly, and if I'm being honest, I don't think worship truly under, made sense to me till I was in this position officially. Because it was weird to like be called the worship leader and not like have to have some idea of like what you're doing. I could have said that better, but it's one thing to be the fine. Eh, could have come out better a little bit, but in being the worship leader it felt like a good idea to learn like why do we actually do this outside of it just seems right and another i don't know if there's any verses that go with it but cuz i've always heard that we're commanded to worship mm-hmm. in and, spirit and in truth yeah it's in john 
And like in the back of my mind, it, like I said, it's always just been part of the thing. But it's always been weird to like have that idea of like, well, if God's all powerful, why does he need me to tell him how great he is? Or that's just at least a thought I've had. And then earlier on, I guess, after I officially became our worship leader, it all like made sense. I read a book by C.S. Lewis. Mm -hmm. Or no, I read an article by C.S. Lewis. Reclarify. I read an article by someone else about something C.S. Lewis said. There we go. And it was uh, his reflections on the Psalms. And it was funny to me because he kind of dealt with the same thing where worship was kind of this like odd concept for him. And I think, I don't know if it's part of the reason he became an atheist for a while, but he was like, it always seemed weird to him that this like omnipotent, powerful God wants me to sit and tell him how great it is. And yeah, that is a weird, that's a weird thing to wrap your head around. Yeah. You're like, why do you need me to tell you how great you are? And then kind of in his wording, I wish I had brought the book with me today, but that's fine. I've read it enough to like know the gist. The way or the way we believe God intended worship was actually more, I don't want to say psychological, but there is a different meaning behind it. It's not that I just want you to tell me how great I am. It's that by you like having this time with me and embracing this relationship and actually working at this relationship god's able to communicate with us i mean that makes sense if you think about it if you're with someone or around someone that you love and care about whether it's a family member or a friend or a significant other you know you want to tell them good things about them to their face because you want to you're just like oh i love you so much because you're awesome and you're fun and you're whatever and so i think that's why if we're not having that kind of relationship with God, it feels real weird to be like, oh, you you want me to tell you you're awesome? Like, don't you know that already? And so I think that's where the disconnect lies. Like if it's like if it's your friend, your best friend or whatever, and you never tell your best friend, you know, that you care about them. And they're like, what the heck? And and your sentiment towards that is like, well, you should know I care about you. Like, how often does that actually work in life where you're just assuming someone knows how you feel about them? And I think that's what yeah, yeah. God is really saying. Like, I don't want to have to tell you to tell me that you think I'm cool, but like, could you tell me every once in a while type deal? Yeah. And I like what um, C.S. Lewis points out. And it's less... God doesn't need us to tell him how great he is. It's more that in the act of worshiping, it's how God communicates with us. Yeah. Once I read that, my mind was like blown. Yeah. And that's what I was feeling growing up. Because in that moment, I wasn't actively seeking him, but he was still pursuing me through something that I already loved, which was music. And so I would find myself just, I don't know, in random parts of my day and in my life outside of church. Like if something was going on, if I was like sad or if I was, even if I was happy or if I was scared, it was like immediately I'd start like singing whatever song that I'd either learned years before or whatever. 
and ultimately that was like remembering a scripture. I just didn't really realize it at the time. But in Psalm 42, it says in verse 8, by day the Lord directs his love, at night his song is with me, a prayer for the God to the God of my life. So it's interesting that that's part of why God gives us music is like it's a thing for us. It comes to our minds when we need it. It's another way of him reaching out to us to remind us like, hey, you can reach out to me. I'm here. It's like a little commercial jingle that gets stuck in your head where you're like, what's that thing when my stomach hurts? Oh, yeah, Pepto-Bismol or whatever. So you're like, I should get that maybe. And so it almost is like that with God. Yeah, I think. And the other thing I realized, too, is like it broadens from more than just music. Because for the longest time, I thought like that's just what praise and worship is. It's just this part of the where we sing about how great God is. But kind of going off what like C.S. Lewis says, if worship is how God communicates with us and how we kind of vice versa communicate our needs to him, I feel like that also includes more than just music. It stretches out to like when we have prayer or when we're listening to a sermon, when we partake in communion, kind of the full scope of like what we do in a worship service or church versus just this like one portion. Right. Cause worship is more than just music. It's yeah. I think it says, yeah, I don't know. I'm not going to try to remember where it is. It's somewhere in the new Testament. I think it's Paul that says like, we should be worshiping with our life. I'm going to go out on a limb and say it's like, no, I'm not going to go out on a limb. I'm going to take it back. <laughs> I don't want to be wrong. <laughs> I want to say it's either first Corinthians or Romans. I don't know. Brian, tell me if I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> and kind of even going from that, I like how C.S. Lewis kind of stretched it all out because it's one, it's how God communicates with us. Two, he makes the example, he doesn't like point out a specific thing. Well, he does. But he kind of points out like when we have something we do care about, whether it's caring for a person or like a hobby we really care about, we spend time with that thing, we work to develop it, we work to like build our bond with it or with whoever. And even stretching it a step further with that, once we have like spent that time with whoever, or um, yeah, once we've spent that time with whoever and we have that bond, we usually seek to, because of our human nature, we usually seek to share it with others and like invite others to join in our happiness. Yeah, absolutely. It's just interesting. It's like a glass shattering moment when you make that connection of like, oh, God is just like a, I mean, to really simplify it, like God's just another person. Like, because I mean, yes, he is this big, awesome God. But if you don't make the connection of that relational connection, it's like, oh, he's just this big thing and I'm just like this worm or this tiny ant or whatever. Like, I don't actually matter to this big person. But once you realize you do, it's exciting. And and someone asked me recently, going along with what you were saying, like the more you're interested in something, the more you more time you want to spend with it and like you want to tell others about it. And so recently someone asked me like, 
how I remember certain scriptures here and there and whatever. And I was like, well, I just, for a while, like no one ever made me memorize them, but I was interested in learning more about God, about his character and who he is. And so I just read the Bible more because I wanted to. And then, you know, things I found interesting stuck out to me and or things I kept going back to. And I told him, I was like, it's kind of like when you read Harry Potter, if you really like Harry Potter, like you remember what happens in the books and you're like, oh yeah, they said this, here's a quote from Harry Potter. Or here's a quote from my favorite movie. And it was like for, you know, a time in my life. And I mean, obviously I still care about the Bible and read the Bible here and there. But, um, but I was like really, really, really reading my Bible. Like I was trying to get through the Harry Potter books and because I didn't know I wanted to know more than I had known at that time. And it's just like that hunger. And it's like, that's what God's searching for. He wants us to want to know him and share ourselves with him. And that's what it is to worship is to be vulnerable and share yourself. Yeah. (laughs) Similar, but opposite. I was, well, being in Christian schools, I was forced, basically forced. It was for grades to like, (laughs) You had to memorize Bible verses for like grades and for whatever. Mm-hmm. So there's, I honestly can't recall a whole lot, but the opposite for me is true for music, especially like lyrics. Yeah. Cause I, uh, I guess high school is when I started paying attention to song lyrics more so. Mm-hmm. And then I realized like, wait, you can say other stuff besides like, you can like say stuff besides I love you or I don't like you. Yeah. There's you can There's like many use, ways to say that. You can you can say more than just that. You can talk about the environment. You can talk about whatever you want. Mm-hmm. And then wait, you can like really instead of making like blanket statements about God that you like pull up from somewhere, you can like sit down and like really talk about how God resonates in your life. So for me, like I recall more song lyrics, especially for like the artists I listen to. I can recall more song lyrics than kind of go to verses. Yeah. I mean, that's what happened. That was me growing up with all my choir songs. And then I was like, wait, that's a verse. And then I was like, well, that's one verse I can remember because I remember the words of the song. (laughs) So I guess that is helpful. Yeah. I'm the opposite. I didn't go look up verses. I just know songs and lyrics. Oh, I didn't look it up. I just, it's like I would happen upon it and be like, hey, I know that lyric didn't even happen upon it just boatloads of lyrics that's all i got but kind of honing it all in i think our purpose for this series is to like really hone in on like how each individual part of like our are not stereotypical but our typical worship service is kind of an act of worship and how music's more than just music and worship is more than just music. Like even like sitting and listening to the sermon is part of our worship. Partaking in communion is an act of worship. It's all ways in which God reaches out to us and is communicating in our lives. Because I think it's also true that we're all different and different things resonate to different people where we could sing a song and it like hits home for like a few people it might not hit home for those few people, but that one thing that Brian said in his sermon does. And I feel mm-hmm. like God communicates in those different ways. And the reason 
as the church as a whole, not just Sidra's church, but the church is like the community of Christians. I feel like that's how God kind of reaches out to all of us by using those different means. Cause in a way, all churches kind of follow similar lines, if that makes sense. No, I agree. I think that makes sense. Yeah. Um, any closing thoughts? Not so much closing thoughts as just excitement to dive in and share all of these different parts and different aspects and connect them and hopefully connect the dots and help other people, help to encourage other people to want to make those connections as well. Yeah, because we've had, through the Refresh podcast, we've talked about worship before. I've talked about worship before. And I think to a degree, a lot of that has been more music-based. But I'm excited to do this series and kind of branch out from just music and talk about how each individual part and what, not only that, what worship represents to our guests on this series. And I think it'll be great to hear more than just, I think I already told Brian this, but it'd be great to hear more voices than just he and I, because that's usually what you hear on a Sunday. Mm -hmm. So it's great to have other people's input and kind of know how God and how worship resonates for others. So following this, we'll have, I don't know, we'll have many, many guests. And I look forward to it. So with that, it will be. So with that, this is the Vital Conversations podcast introduction to the worship series. And with that, we will catch you next time. Keep it citrusy.